scriptures revealed and we are continuing our journey through the book of Ephesians and allowing the word of the Lord to change and transform us. I love the power of the word. I mean, I know I give you this little pep talk every week, but I want to encourage you and I want you to know that the word of God is really changing you. I know a lot of times when we're in the process of metamorphosis and we're in the process of being changed and transformed, sometimes it can seem slow. Sometimes it can seem like it's not moving as fast as you want it to move, but the word of the Lord is really changing you. That it is the same word that God stepped out on nothing and created an entire universe. He created the trees and the grass and the and the fish and the fowls of the air and he created the stars and the moon and he caused the winds to blow and he created the clouds and the sky. That same God of creation who spoke everything into being is releasing the word into you. So so think about it for a moment. If the word of the Lord is powerful enough to change and transform a planet, what is it doing on the inside of you? If it can change a planet, if God can step into a planet whose form is nothing, who is void of life, who is full of darkness and and, and darkness is upon the deep and there's nothing, it is void and without form and create a beautiful universe and create a beautiful earth where everything is in order, everything has boundaries, everything has uh, uh, everything that it needs to grow and everything has everything it needs to produce and every seed is producing after its own kind. I mean, God has put this thing in motion masterfully. Now think about that. Think about God releasing the creative word, the word of creation on the inside of your heart. What could be changing on the inside of you? If you get that word in your mind, what would the word of creation change in your mind? What could the word of creation change in your body? We've got to become hungry for the word and then we've got to protect that hunger that we have for the word of the Lord that you know what the word of God can really change me I know what I look like I know what family I'm a part of I know what has happened to me in my life I know what is going on around me I know the decisions I've made in the past I know the paths that I've ended up on I know the journey that I've had in life but at the end of the day if I get the word of the Lord in me it can change me it can transform me it can clean me up it is the all-powerful, all-encompassing, almighty, powerful word of the Lord. And I just want to get you excited about the word every week. I want you to have a, a, a taste, an appetite for the word of the Lord because it is the change agent for you. If you really want to be changed, if you really want to be transformed, you cannot do it without the word of the Lord. And that, my friend, is what we are trying to walk through and not just walk through it, but we want the word of the Lord to walk through us. I want the word of the Lord to so get in me that I start looking different and I start sounding different and I start looking at things differently and I start thinking about things differently and my emotions start being changed and transformed. You know, without the word of the Lord, we are left without any hope. 
We are left to our own devices. We are left to our own decisions. We are left to our own plans. But with the word of God, my life can really be changed and transformed. It can really be uh, changed into the very image of the Son of God. If I want to walk the earth like Jesus, if I want to, to live like he lived and perform the miracles that he performed and live the type of life that he lived and, 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 and develop the type of character that he had and walk in the type of power that he walked in, then I've got to allow the essence of his being become the essence of mine. And we know that Jesus Christ was the word made flesh. All right. So we've got to develop a hunger for the word of God. Well, that's my little uh encouragement this week to encourage you to don't give up on the word. Stay in the word of the Lord. Read the word. Meditate on it. Assimilate it uh, into your being. Become one with that Bible. Become one with the word of the Lord. And you are guaranteed success. You are guaranteed change. You are guaranteed transformation. It may not start the way you want it to start, but transformation is going to be your portion. All right, so we are going through the book of Ephesians, and we are going, uh, now we are in the middle of chapter two, and we learned some amazing things, uh, in chapter two. We started out in chapter two talking about, uh, the gospel to dead men and how the whole point and aim of the gospel is that God wanted to raise men from the dead. Hallelujah. God wanted to raise men from the dead. He wanted to raise you from the dead. And so that's where, um, we went into and we also talked about um uh how everything about mankind and what God is doing in the life of a man or woman, but what God is doing in the life of a man is is a part of his poetic expression that for God to take a sinner, an enemy of the state, someone who was not a part of him, was not working on his side, was working against him, how God could take that life and totally change and transform it is just, the Bible calls it a, a poetic masterpiece. That's what he calls it. God calls it a poetic masterpiece. That's what he calls it. And so we walk through those scriptures and we learn how God did that through his immeasurable riches, through his immeasurable power, through his all-encompassing kindness. And we learn that all of that is unfolded, unveiled, and disclosed in the poetry of God we call the sons of God. That every son of God is an expression of God's poetic creativity. Every son of God is an expression of the of the art artistic um, uh, capabilities of a God who is passionately in love with you. So we walk through that and now we're going to go a little bit further and uh, I thought I was going to cover a lot more verses today but I'm actually only going to cover about uh, three. So we're going to cover verses 11 through 13 in, in Ephesians chapter two. So let's go ahead and start our journey there. Verse 11 says, and I'm reading the English standard version this week. It says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh call the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Now, before we go any further, I want us to pay attention to the most important word in this verse is that Paul says, therefore, remember. 
Granted, all of these previous verses, Paul has walked us through the uh, transforming power of the gospel. And God, he has walked us through the fact that we were dead, and now God raised us back to life, and he seated us at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus, and that we are ruling and reigning in a level of authority, and that he has given us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He has sealed us. He has chosen us. He has predestined us. He has accepted us. He's redeemed us and all of these blessings that that came with kingdom naturalization and all of these blessings that came with being a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. Paul says, therefore, in light of all of that, I want you all to remember. I want you to remember because watch this, the secret to cult, the secret to cultivating, to growing, to maturing is learning how to remember. I'm going to say that to you again. The secret to cultivating, growing, and maturing is learning how to remember. Re- using your, your memory is how you learn to protect what God is doing in your life. It, it, it is a protective mechanism. It is a protective tool to use if you're trying to protect what God is doing, what God has deposited, what God has released in your life. You've got to remember. You know what that word remember is? When you begin to search through that word in the actual Hebrew, I mean the actual Greek, excuse me, you learn that that word remember, it means to recall to mind, I'm, I'm gonna give you these definitions. It means to recall to mind, but not in the sense that you forgot about it. It's just you bringing it, you are bringing it to the forefront of your mind. You are bringing it to the forefront of your mind. So God says, over and over, you're gonna see this terminology show up in the word of the Lord because they're remembering is a tool of cultivation. That's why the Bible, that's why David said over in the book of Psalms, forget not, bless the Lord on my soul and all that is within me. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. Why? Don't forget his benefits. Well, if you forget them, it doesn't mean God takes them away, but when you don't remember, you fail to cultivate, you fail to grow, and you fail to mature in the benefits of God. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, when the, the serpent came in the garden and deceived Eve and, and, and then Eve pulled Adam into her deception because it's very possible. This is free. It's very possible that when you end up in deception to lead people into your deception, the Bible doesn't say Adam was deceived. It says he went along for the ride. And so deception likes to pull people into its journey. So that's free. But anyway, so, uh, but when she got deceived and Adam got pulled into that, um, mess and, and the Bible says that when God began to address them, when God began to confront their decision, because a lot of times, this is another freebie to help you out. A lot of times what we, what we call judgment is God confronting a decision. It is God confronting a decision. When we say, oh, God's judging God. No, we act as if God is sitting on the throne as this angry God ready to lash out at people who don't do things his way. But the issue and, and the real core of the, of the problem is not God sitting on a throne ready to lash out. But God is sitting on a, on a throne ruling and reigning and is confronting every decision you make. Judgment is the result of a decision. Judgment really looks like harvest. So judgment doesn't always 
have to be bad. You know, if you make the right decision, you're going to get a good judgment. You make a bad decision, you're going to get a bad judgment. Is Judgment is the fruit of your decision. So, God comes in the garden, and he releases the judgment, and he's having a conversation with Eve, and Eve says, and the, you know what? The King James says that the Satan beguiled me, or the serpent deceived me, but the actual original word in the Hebrew says that that serpent caused me to forget. The serpent calls me to forget, which means the serpent attacked my memory. The serpent calls me not to remember. And remember, when I'm not utilizing the tool of my memory the right way, then I can't grow. I'm not going to cultivate and I'm not going to mature. Remember that the whole mankind was placed in the garden to cultivate and to keep it and to help it grow. So when the enemy attacked the memory of the mankind... Then he was able to stifle, to stifle and, and cause stagnation to come to the growth, to the cultivation, and to the maturation of what God was doing in their life. So we gotta pay attention to this tool called memory. Because the, because the memory, it means to recall to mind. Maybe you didn't forget it, but it brings it back to the forefront of your mind. Another definition of this word, remember, it means to till the ground. To turn the soil over so that you can produce more crop. It is a cultivation mechanism. So when I remember something, I'm turning the soil of my heart over. I'm tilling that ground. I'm plowing that ground so that I can produce more fruit in my life. So this is the essence of what we're learning today. That Paul is getting ready to tell us, these are the things I want you to remember. These are the things I want you to call back to your mind. These are the things I want you to use to turn the soils of your heart so that you can produce more fruit for the kingdom of of God. This is what I want you to remember so that you can cultivate that ground, till that ground, plow that ground so that you can be the most productive you can be in the kingdom of God. You've got to till that ground and turn the soil. Now, the interesting thing about this word remember and cultivation, that one of the laws of cultivation is you you flip the soil or you turn the soil over, but you do not dig too deeply because if you dig too deep, you're going to dry out the, the ground. You're going to dry out the soil. And when you have dry soil, then you cannot not produce. So what, what, what's the revelation here is that when you are tilling the grounds of your heart and you are remembering these things, you don't need to remember it so deeply. See, it is good to remember where you came from. It's bad to remember too deep or to plow that ground too deeply. Cause if you plow it too deeply, it goes from making you, moving you to a place of thankfulness, to a place of gratitude. And, and, and instead of going there, you go to a place of condemnation. You go to a place of guilt, you go to a place of shame. How do you end up there? You till the ground too deep. <laughs> you remembered too deeply. You remember you stayed too long on that. So we're going to learn these these principles and these keys that Paul wants us to use to till the ground of our hearts, to flip that soil over, but over, but don't stay there too long because if you stay here too long, you're going to end up in condemnation, you're going to end up in shame, and you're going to end up in guilt. But if you stay there long enough, to flip the soil of your heart and to till that ground and to rake over that ground so that you can produce more, you're going to become a person of gratefulness, a person that is thankful, a person that is appreciative. See, those those are the signs of a person that is growing. 
You know, the enemy would like to beat you over the head and make you feel like you're not growing as fast as you need to be growing and transforming as much as you need to be transformed. But the sign of a changing people, the sign of a people going through a metamorphosis is that they are thankful people. They are grateful people. And the tool of the memory is how you stay grateful. So let's look at these. Verse 12 says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. All right. This is this is what you need to use. Paul is going to give us five things to help us till the ground of our hearts, turn that soil over in our hearts to make sure that we are grateful people, to make sure we are being cultivated, we are growing and we are maturing. Number one, he says, you've got to remember that at one time you were separated from Christ separated from him there was a you know what that separate remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago that separation is the definition of death that nobody ever dies like just you just don't exist anymore (laughs) that just does not happen because once you are born you are born your spirit will live forever now whether it lives forever with god or lives with your father, Satan, is up to you. It's your decision. It's your choice. But it's going to live forever. So death does not mean non-existence. It means separation. It means separation. So Paul said, you need to remember that you were separated from Christ. In other words, you need to remember that you were dead. I mean, you ought to take that truth and, and, and roll it over in your mind, meditate on it. I mean, think on that thing over and over and over that I was dead. I was dead. See, you will stay grateful when you realize that there was a time I was separated from him. I was separated from that anointing, the anointing to change, the anointing to be transformed, the anointing to bring forth healing in my body, the anointing to make sure that I didn't lose my mind. You know, that takes an anointing to keep my sanity, the anointing to anchor my emotions, the anointing to cause me to be long-suffering and to, and to persevere, the anointing to walk in kindness even when I don't want to. That is an anointing. You know, it takes an anointing to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I know we all want the anointing to grab a microphone and we all want an anointing to be seen but sometimes you just need an anointing to walk in love father anoint me to walk in love anoint me to walk in joy anoint me to walk in peace and anoint me to walk in power see is it i want fruit and i want power but i've got to do it all under the anointing and with the anointing and through the anointing so i was separated from the anointed one There was a time I didn't have access to that anointing. There was a time I didn't have access to keep my emotions together. There was a time I didn't have access to keep my mind together. And and, and granted, if I'm going to tell the truth, there are times that I don't use that anointing today. There are times when I don't use that anointing to walk in love. I don't use that anointing to walk in kindness and faithfulness. There are times, but I thank God that at least I have access to it. Because there was a time in my life that I did not have access to the anointed one but he has given me access to that anointing he has given me access to his being and all that i am and all that i will need i find in him i am grateful i am thankful i am appreciative that you know what i can think about there was a time i was separated from him that's number one number two he says, remember that there, uh, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Number two, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. 
You were alienated, which means you were an alien. You were a foreigner. You were a foreigner to the commonwealth or the citizenship of Israel. Now, interesting thing here. Paul here says, I need you to remember that there was a time that you were strangers to being a citizen of my nation. Israel was the was the nation of God. God picked Israel, and the Bible shows us in the book of Deuteronomy why he picked Israel. He didn't pick Israel because they were better than anybody else. They were greater than anybody else. They were more talented and skilled than anybody else. No, he picked Israel because they were the smallest, and they were the weakest, and they were the most unqualified, and they were the most overlooked, and they were the outcasts, and they were the ones that did not have a land, and did not have a God, and did not have a people. They, they, so he chose them. But he put his stamp on them and he made them his people. Now Paul teaches us in the book of Romans. He teaches us in the book of Galatians. He teaches us in the book of Ephesians. He teaches us in the book of Corinthians that what happens when with the church is the church got grafted into Israel, which what is which the Bible is not talking about uh, ethnicity of an Israelite. But the Bible is talking about becoming a part of the people of God. That there was a time you were a stranger to being a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want you to, Paul says, these are one of the things you need to remember when you're tilling the grounds of your heart, when you are being cultivated, is to go through what we learned in Ephesians chapter one, that kingdom naturalization process. What did we learn about all that he had provided for us? He says, I need you to remember there's a time you were a stranger to that. You were a stranger to my blessings. You were a stranger to being chosen. You were a stranger to being adopted. You were a stranger to, to forgiveness. And you were a stranger to wisdom and insight. And you were a stranger to having an inheritance. You were a stranger to being naturalized into my kingdom. There was a time. And you've got to remember that. You've got to remember that. That's number two. Number three. It says, not only were you alienated from the coming wealth of Israel, but you were strangers to the covenants of promise, which means that word strangers, that means you were guests. You were guests to the covenants of promise. All of the promises of God, there were a time that the promises of God were not for you. Think on that. Use that to till the ground of that heart, to flip that soil over in your heart so that you remain grateful because the word does not work in the heart of an ungrateful person. So in order to keep you grateful, you got to think about the fact that number three, you were a guest to the promises of God. Oh, you you know, the most you got out of God is what Jesus said, is that God will reign on the just and he will reign on the unjust. But you did not live in the guaranteed blessings and promises of God because they weren't for you. There was a time you didn't have a promise. I know we like to uh, think about well, when is the promise going to be fulfilled and when is it going to happen and when is it going to manifest and when is God going to do it and when is God going to break me out. But I need you when you're in those moments and you need to flip the soil of your heart and till that ground. Remember, there was a time you didn't have a promise. There was a time you didn't have a yes and an amen from God. There was a time you didn't have access to that. Number four, it says having no hope. There was a time that you didn't have hope. I know the journey may seem long. I know the battle may seem hard. I know sometimes you feel overwhelmed. And sometimes the enemy is coming in at all sides. 
But one thing you do have today is that you have hope. You have an expectancy that God is leading you to your expected end. That God thinks good thoughts about you and he has a future for you and he has a plan for you and he has a destiny for you that he is orchestrating your life according to his master plan. There is hope and you've got to use hope, your expectancy in the Lord and knowing that he is ordering every move you make and ordering your life in all of its directions and all of its many facets. He is ordering your life so to give you a, a sense of secure hope. In him. And number five, there was a time that we were without God in the world. Oh, we were godless in this system. We were without God in the world. I mean, there was, not only did we not have hope, we didn't have God. See, there was, <laughs> there was a time. See, you will, you've got to learn to protect your heart of gratefulness because it is how you cultivate and grow and become transformed by the word of the Lord is you've got to realize, you know what? If I don't have anybody else, at least I have the Lord. That's what the Levites did. That's what the Levites did in the Old Testament. When they went and began to conquer the land and take possession of the promises of God, their portion was the Lord. It says, I may not have what you have, but I do have the Lord. And as long as I have the Lord, I'm going to have all sufficiency. Nope, I may not drive the car you drive, live in the house you live in. I may not have all the money that you have, but I do have the Lord. And the Lord will make sure that I have all sufficiency. So I'm not going to focus on the things. I'm going to focus on the Lord who will make sure that I have the things. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my sufficiency. The Lord is my all in all. Watch this. He says, think on these things. Actually, I didn't get through but two verses here because I'm already out of time. But I want us to remember those were the five things that Paul gave us in order to cultivate, in order to till the ground of our hearts to make sure that when he plants the word in us, because Paul is going to take us deeper and deeper into revelation about who we are, who our God is, and who he has called us to be and what he's called us to do. He's going to take us deeper into it, but he takes a moment in the middle of, of the second chapter of Ephesians to help us till that ground. Flip that soil. Make sure our hearts are in a place of gratefulness and thankfulness and gratitude and appreciation for all of the goodness of God. Because God loves to change a grateful people. God loves to transform a grateful people. So make a decision this week. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be appreciative. I'm going to be grateful. And I'm going to remember that there was a time I had no hope. There was a time God wasn't on my side. There was a time I was separated from the anointed one and his anointing. There was a time I wasn't called and, and I wasn't a part of the of the government of God and the citizenship of God. There was a time that I was a stranger to the promises. I was a guest of the promises that I had to depend on the rain falling on the just and the unjust. There was a time that that was me. But I thank God that that's not me. I thank God that I've been naturalized into his nation. I thank God that I've been grafted in. I thank God that he has made me a son. I thank God that he has made me a part of his poetic expression in the earth. I thank God that I am indeed being cultivated. Well, guys, 
Again, I'm out of time. Thank you all for joining me again this week for another episode of Scriptures Revealed. Let the word of the Lord change you. Let it transform your life. Let it renew your mind and cause you to move closer and closer into the very perfect will of God for your life. Don't forget to let me know how these episodes and podcasts are blessing you. Don't forget to leave your reviews. Don't forget to share with your friends and tell somebody that it's possible to be changed. It's possible to be transformed if you allow the Scriptures to be revealed to you. I'll see you all next week. Have a good day.